Hello, welcome to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Braden Dollar-Coltman. I'm joined, as always, by Jordan Dollar-Coltman. We had a really fun race uh, last weekend. And what was that? Paul Ricard. That's right. And uh, and we've got an exciting race uh, upcoming this weekend uh, in Austria. The first of two races at the Red Bull Ring uh, this Sunday. We had our first practice this morning and uh, uh, lots of fun stuff to talk about. Here we go. All right, we had a great race, uh, French Grand Prix last weekend. We had a battle between uh, between Red Bull and and Mercedes, as uh, as we have been seeing for most of the season this year. What's really exciting this year, I think, is that we're really now starting to see Mercedes having to push uh, to be the best car, and we're really starting to see uh, that Red Bull is emerging as the fastest vehicle on the grid. Um, not as uh, well. We didn't see any. We didn't see any yellow flags. We know we didn't see any red flags. Uh, but the excitement still continued at the race. Uh, Jordan, what were your thoughts on the race last weekend? Yeah, as you said, another head-to-head battle. We have the two guys who are the two heavyweights this year duking it out, racing and race out. Obviously, both of them found um, Azerbaijan a little more frustrating than in previous seasons, as neither of them were able to to score any points. Um, both failing to, to to get into the points. Obviously. Uh, a missed opportunity for Hamilton after Verstappen went out first, but he also had some issues. Um, so they were both looking to bounce back in France, and they did. Obviously, Verstappen holding him off. It was a very tight race all the way to the end. Hamilton led for most of the way, but Verstappen and the Red Bull team, I think, uh, kind of got their revenge for Barcelona with a little bit better strategy, and uh, they kind of undercut the the Mercedes and forced Hamilton to go long on older tires, and they simply didn't have the pace once Verstappen was ready to make his move. But uh, not only for those two drivers, but both for those two teams, a great weekend for both of them. Unfortunately for Mercedes, Bottas finishing fourth, but Perez finds himself back on a podium for a second race in a row this time in third place so red bull has two um podium finishes uh in france so great weekend for them uh and i and uh, yeah just a, overall another example of what we should expect the rest of the way i think we're getting close to the point where a red bull very quickly here could pull away and make this very hard for mercedes or pardon me more lewis hamilton to catch for stopping in in the driver's race but we're still we're still in the thick of it. It's, it could turn around very quickly here, and that's what we'll be looking for this week. And, of course, this week we're in race two of three in a row. So we get three back-to-back race weekends for the first time of this season, uh, and that should also mean that a little bit uh, with a little bit less time in between, the teams are going to be making a few more sort of uh, drastic changes without as much time to sort of engineer in between. So it should be, should be interesting to see what they what they do. And there's a lot of teams, I think, who are frustrated with France that will be looking to bounce back. Why do you say that? Well, I, th- I think it, you know we we talked even last show about expectations for Ferrari have gone right up this season because they've been performing well. Sure, well, they did yeah. not perform well last week; they really yeah. struggled, and so did Aston Martin. Well, ninth, ninth and tenth, ninth and tenth. So, 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 but but definitely further down than both of them yeah. would be hoping for. Um, and the Ferraris, I mean, the Ferraris were were only one of them was in the points. So, car, no, pardon me, neither of them were. Sun's just missing the points. He was in eleventh. So, um, both missing the points last week. They're going to look to a, for a bounce back. Um, the the other team outside of the top two we've been talking about all season, I think, is the 
by far and away third team right now. And I, I think it will be a, a fight to see who can catch them. But I, I really have been impressed with the McLarens and obviously Lando Norris, who I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think is third, maybe Perez has caught him now, but third in the driver's championship. I mean, Norris has been driving out of his yeah. mind. And last week, you know, he had Ricardo right there with him. They finished fifth and sixth. So, you know, to have only three teams in the top six is pretty impressive yeah. uh, when you consider that means that both drivers are driving to the maximum of what those cars are capable of. It still and, feels uh, though like Ricardo's not quite happy with his performance. Would you, would you concur? Yeah, I think, I mean, we talked about it at the very beginning. It's hard to be jumping into a new team regardless. And he's yeah. now been, this is his third team in, in four or five years. So it, I think there's a lot of adjusting that happens for everyone who jumps in there. Different drivers, I think, adapt better. We've obviously, Perez has done great in the Red Bull. He, he, and I think Ricardo, for, for most of the season so far, has looked pretty comfortable. But yeah, he's had a few moments where it just hasn't been, been there for them. But the McLarens, I think, also uh, are very happy with the performance of their car on these more traditional circuits. So last last uh, week at, at the Circuit Paul Ricard traditional F1 circuit, you know, wider um, space for some overtakes, you know, a few nice tight turns, but mostly it moves. It's not like the city circuits where you kind of have to really be, you know, riding the brake through the corners. Um, the McLarens really seem to have uh, excelled on on these kind of courses, and they're going to get two more shots at it here. And as we're going to be in Austria for two weeks at the Red Bull Ring, so they're going to they 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 have potential to again have a good couple weeks. Yeah, and each each race, we're starting to see more and more strategies that that you know come into play for a successful race. Um, it's not just Lewis or Verstappen, um, you know, putting the pedal to the metal and whoever ends up at the end wins. But we did see that a little bit last week in that, uh, you know, Lewis was on a set of tires and he had one stop and we saw Verstappen take a quick two-stop approach and he was able to, you know, (laughs) had there been two or three laps less, you know, we would have seen a different result there at the top. But Yeah, and I think uh, following the mistake for Lewis in Azerbaijan with the braking issue, I think – it compounds the frustration for that team that uh, the week after, you know, it's sort of a strategic error that costs them the top of the podium and, and costs Lewis those very valuable points. So well, this is what I, yeah, this is what I want sure. to talk about. So we, we heard outwardly from Valtteri Bottas in race at the end, how frustrated mm-hmm. he was with the team. And, and so what, like, why does that happen in the race? Obviously they're making adjustments and strategy changes during the race, but like why 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 do they not plan for that ahead of time well they do i mean they have several strategies you'll often hear on radio uh drivers or or engineers sort of say you know we're sticking with with plan a or plan when we're going to move to plan d or c or whatever it is because they have they've gamed out based on what they expect their car's performance to be and what they you know the simulations that they run based on other teams performances they have a whole bunch of sort of algorithms constantly crunching the numbers based on where they are and all those things but obviously a race being a very fluid thing changes second to second and so they're constantly recalculating those things they're trying to identify you know the tire performance on a specific day is going to be different than another day right so the the conditions may slightly adjust things i think that was part of you know going into that a lot of teams expected that to be a one-stop race well if a lot of teams expect to do that the teams who choose to do something different are going to either have a great advantage or a disadvantage depending on 
all those factors. In this case, Red Bull, I think, very quickly realized they had an opportunity for the undercut. They took advantage of it, and it paid off for them. Much like I said earlier, Mercedes got them doing the exact same thing in Barcelona, where mm-hmm. they had an analyst going through the numbers, and we actually have seen there's a YouTube video dedicated to sort of the radio calls during that race, and you can hear the Mercedes team very quickly, within a matter of laps, identify an opportunity that had presented itself mathematically uh, based on the tire performance based on all of all of those factors they identified and recognized based on the pace of their car if they pit, pitted to faster tires they would catch verstappen at a specific point and that's exactly what happened i'm sure red bull had the exact same calculations lined up and ready to go and that's the advantage that's what they took advantage of yeah. and the problem that occurred for mercedes they just didn't react fast enough you know there was an opportunity there in, the, in, in during red bull's outlap following the pit stop for, for for lewis to come in and to try to do the exact same thing and he he may or may not have then been a bit more competitive to the end i think you have to give lewis some credit even on those weaker tires you know he managed to push that car to second place and and survive much longer than some of those other guys who who really fell off with with the older tires. Um, that's why you also sometimes see like down the table you'll have teams who are really banking on a yellow or really banking right. on right. A, 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 a catch up. A, yeah, on a, on a safety car to make it make their pit stop more valuable. Mm. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, one last thought here on uh, the race uh, in France. Really great position for george russell finished 12th i think that's like the highest that williams has finished in a year two years like a while yeah definitely a while i mean i think we're seeing the continued you know uh exponential growth of george russell as a driver i don't think there's any question about that a lot of rumors obviously flying that he'll have valtteri bottas's seat next year and i wouldn't be surprised to see that uh, the way he's driving, uh, he's he's a future star, and with the right machine and 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 the right opportunity, he'll definitely be competing one day for for championships. All right, well, that was uh, the French Grand Prix, and on to uh, the race this weekend in Austria. Are you feeling hungry? Busy Bee Vegan is a plant-based meal prep service offering pre-made, delicious, and healthy plant-based meals to the greater Toronto area. Whether you're curious about plant-based vegan eating, looking to improve your overall health and wellness, or simply too busy to cook, Busy Bee is for you. Their plans are focused on eating clean without sacrificing taste and contributing to a healthy planet. They have made it super simple. Choose and order your meals from the multiple plans they offer, and they will deliver your meals in environmentally friendly compostable containers right to your door. You can find them on Instagram at Busy Bee Vegan Meals or on Facebook at Busy Bee Vegan. Go check out a small local business in Toronto and save the hassle of COVID grocery shopping and cooking. Let the Busy Bees feed you buzz-worthy meals. All right, uh, the Styrian Grand Prix. Or is it the Steiermark Grand Prix? Like I, Steiermark, but all right. Either way, we're it's going at the with- Red Bull Ring. In Austria, home home of Red Bull Racing, and uh, another you know classic European style circuit circuit track where you know the the pace is quick. Um, we don't have uh, raised curbs or anything. Guys are going to try to make some some passes. We saw last year. We I think we were here for two, maybe even three races because of the whole COVID thing. It was one of the first tracks we went back to, and. Uh, it's always fun. Like it, it, it's just one of those racetracks that can can really test drivers. And if conditions get a little squirrely, you can get uh, you, I don't know. You just get really interesting racing. They get, if they get squirrely, 
Have well, we, like if it gets wet, yeah, or true. if there's a lot of wind, or cold, this or... is a tricky little course to navigate. You know yeah. what I mean? You're in the mountains, you've got some nice elevation points, um, a couple really cool turns, and then you know two or three real good straightaway spots, depending on how it plays out, right? You start on a nice straightaway, so there's a good DRS zone down to turn one, and then a, a little sort of curvy section between one and two, and then a real tight turn at two. And then the rest of it's, you know, a couple, I think there's only six or there's nine turns altogether. So there's a lot of straight out driving, which is what's great. So, so and we, uh, so we had practice this morning. Um, Verstappen had uh, fastest lap, I think. Um, uh, you were mentioning yesterday. This will come out on Saturday. That's I correct. That's yeah, correct. Yeah. it will be yesterday. And technically, this will probably come out, and you'll have already watched qualifying. <laughs> but regardless, worrying about the racing part. Yes, we were talking about is fast. For seven's hella fast. Uh, but Alpine, the Alpine vehicle is is, <laughs> pardon the pun, motoring along. It's it's still moving fast. They're not quite getting the positioning they want, but there's a lot of steep competition in the field. What what do you expect to see from Alpine this weekend? Uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've kind of, I mean, they look a little bit like a new team in the sense that they're still figuring out some things They're you know, week in and week out, things kind of shift for them. They have a really great week and then they have sort of a, a down week or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been really impressed all season long with Ocon. I thought he's draw, I, I think he's been driving really, really well. And if you were to com- contrast him to some other drivers, maybe, you know, who have been with the teams that they're driving with or maybe more established teams. Uh, it's actually definitely something, you know, to, to, I don't know, something to, to be looking for. And it's just really good. So Valtteri Bottas had a, an interesting final practice. He spun out in the pit lane. That's, that's a really unusual thing to see. Like, is he just mad? What's going on with Bottas? Yeah, no, he's actually in trouble. Um, he will, regardless of where he qualifies, uh, he loses. On Saturday, he will lose three grid spots. Regardless. Yeah, that's the penalty. So whether he finishes first or he finishes fifth in qualifying, then he'll be bumped three spots back. Um, so if, if you're chasing Valtteri Bottas uh, during qualifying uh, and you're within three spots, you know you're going to be better than wherever you finish. Um, yeah, basically they, they claim that he was at fault for leaving the pit in second gear. Uh, which is a dangerous maneuver, and then he—that's why he lost control of the vehicle. Uh, that that was his driver error, and yeah, he could have he could have hurt somebody. I mean, this is a full 360, almost, or I think it was almost a full 360 spin. I mean, very dangerous, and um, and it's interesting because speaking of pits, we also will see a new some new um, technology being used in the pits this week for the first time. The FIA has implemented a new, I guess it's not like a it's not like a rule change or like a a mandate it's basically just like like a a formula yeah yeah they've basically just said (laughs) to all the teams that there's a new minimum time that the task of you know uh removing the 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 bolt and putting the bolt back on and tires on there's a minimum amount of time that a human being should be able to do that uh and any team that is pitting faster than that minimum amount of time or having that task completed faster than that must be doing something uh, illegal, I suppose. Okay. They, they won't be penalized for it, but they're going to start tracking it and making sure that teams aren't kind of cut corner cutting. And things where they're like, they're triggering the light 
a second or a, a hundredth of a second faster than they should be things like that it's 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 uh, it gets very technical very quickly but it's it's more about just ensuring safety because they always want to be everything in f1 is done right to the line right mm -hmm. <laughs> we're right at the edge of unsafe because that's where the maximum amount of potential comes out of the, the speed of the car, the speed of the pit stops, everything. You know, we're dealing with hundreds of seconds, thousands of seconds that you've got to be right to the edge, but you've got to be safe too. And that's what they're worried about. So, well, they'll they'll have their close eye on uh, <laughs> on Bottas and his exits, uh, as well as the rest of the drivers in the pit lane. Um, it's going to be a really fun race. W what do you think? Who's going to finish in the podium? Well, I think we're, I hope we're going to see another battle of Lewis uh, and and Max. I think, like I said earlier, we are getting very close to, to the danger zone for Mercedes. If they can't kind of pull out of this couple races in a row where they've struggled, they're going to find themselves in a much harder um, final stretch of the season to try to get Lewis his record-breaking championship and for them to continue their championship ways. Um, and for Red Bull, this is the time to not let up. Now you have to take advantage of these two races in Austria and really, really push to to widen the gap for Max's lead and and for the teams as well. Definitely, uh, those two teams will be uh, will be hungry and I think I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a very similar podium to last week. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe one of them doesn't have the the race they're looking for, and we see something different. But everything, you know, considered, and then look for McLaren to be up there again. That yeah. was the other one yeah. I would be expecting. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think for Zap and Perez are going to have a great race. Lewis, I predict, uh, will finish first uh, in this race uh, as he did last year. Um, but it's bound to be good. The uh, this is not the Austrian Grand Prix. This is the Steermark Grand Prix, the Steering Grand Prix at the Red Bull Ring this Sunday, June 27th, 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, it's it's uh, it's bound to be good. Quick housekeeping. We have uh, the, the Turkey Grand Prix re-added to the 2021 calendar. It's going to replace the Singapore Grand Prix October 1st to 3rd. So just mark your calendars there uh, and look forward to seeing uh, a race there again in Turkey. And we'll be back next week. That was Pit Stop. The Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Hattrick Sports and is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. The show is produced by Jordan and Braden Dollar Coltman each week, but mainly Jordan. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.